It's Andra Zaharia here, and I'm delighted to bring you the Cyber Empathy Podcast, where I share stories of kindness, curiosity, and connection that show you how humans shape online security and privacy. I've been in the cybersecurity industry since 2015, and the one thing that I appreciate most about it are the incredibly diverse, curious, empathetic, and crazy smart people in it. They have taught me a lot about myself, about technology, and about all the ways that we can make a meaningful contribution to the world that we live in. I am beyond thrilled to share with you their stories, their passions, their values and their principles, and most of all, how they lead through example and how they make their work and their passion projects count every single day. I'm super excited to share them with you, and I hope you'll join me and become my partner in Cyber Empathy. So see you soon. It is not easy to be empathetic when your job is to act as an attacker and figure out what the security weaknesses in other people's businesses are. Alexi, today's guest, is a penetration tester, and his job is to act like an ethical attacker and basically break into other people's businesses, networks, websites, and so on. So that comes with an interesting challenge, right? How do you practice empathy in that context? What does it look like? How do you work against stereotypes that people might have around what an ethical hacker does? And how do you help people understand that language matters when you talk about hacking? As in, hacking is not a crime. It is not a malicious activity by itself. Malicious hacking is, but not hacking, generally speaking. So in this conversation, we actually talked about this topic and and many more. And I'm excited for you to discover Alexei's perspective, his very strong moral code, and how he makes a difference in his industry and his sector. I bet that you'll find his approach and his company's approach very refreshing and inspiring. And potentially, it could serve as an example for your own efforts to communicate things that are important to you in a way that really gets them across to other people. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. So, Lexi, you have over 10 years of experience in cybersecurity, especially on the offensive security side, which is, you know, for those who aren't involved in the industry, and I hope uh, many of you listening are not involved in the cybersecurity industry, I just wanted to, you know, clear the term up instead. It, you know, offensive security deals with actually walking a mile in the attacker's shoes and evaluating a company from that standpoint. So obviously, that's not exactly the most empathetic approach towards, uh, you know, what it takes to secure a company. So how do you actually, you know, integrate and and practice empathy in your role as the founder of a company who focuses on offensive security? 
Yeah, I mean, it's right there in the term, right? Offensive security, right? Like we always joke about this, but my um, title is offensive director, which is a bit of a, a bit of a joke title, but it's actually what it is. And everyone, you know, they say, oh, you, you're offensive. So by nature, you're exposing weaknesses in your clients and in the system that you're targeting during a penetration test or red team. It's adversarial by nature. So it's extremely important to kind of put yourself in the minds of your clients and kind of say, well, they've probably spent a significant amount of effort trying to secure their systems or trying to protect themselves. So even though you find stuff, oftentimes they've done something already. So very important not to have an ego about this. One of the big problems in the industry is that you know pen testers, hackers are seen as having a big ego and Honestly, part of that's because they do, but trying to reshape that that mindset of of attackers and and hackers and you know my guys consultants is that you don't need to brag about these things. It's great that you've done it. The the passion means that you should kind of be happy about what you've done, but not go so far as to brag about it. And like even myself on site getting domain admin, which is kind of like the keys to the kingdom in an internal penetration test, I always have to take a step back and curb my excitement not to yell out like a scene in Golden mm. Isla in Boris, I'm invincible, right? <laughs> try and try not to do that so much. Unless the clients into that, which some are, but also explain that this isn't a test. This isn't an audit. It's not a pass or fail. It's not, you've done horribly. It's It's not about making them feel bad about what they've done. It's simply about showing them what they might not know and giving recommendations for how to improve. Being empathetic to their side, they want to fix this stuff. That's why they've hired you already to do this. So they, they're they doing the correct thing in that they've probably thought about this before and yeah, just help them along the way in, in terms of being on their side. It's very important they you make them feel like you're on their side, which which you are, but there are certain certain ways you can actually emphasize that. Thank you for pointing that out. I think that that's so important and that opens the way to more transparent communication and it makes people more receptive to any kind of information generally because whenever they get on the defensive side of things, that kind of blocks communication and it, it, it just gets people, you, you kind of lose them for, you know, for the majority of time there. And thank you for emphasizing the role of communication, because I think that that's a lot of emphasis is on the technical side and on the technical abilities, which is obviously incredibly important, but at least as important as communication and being able to adapt to these companies and these people contexts and, and needs and priorities, which may be very different depending on you know who you're working with. Yeah, it's the difference between hacking and pen testing, right? Like you can be a great hacker and maybe you're not necessarily a great pen tester or a great consultant because you can't kind of translate the stuff that you've done into what the client actually needs of you. It's, you can't translate it into a, you know, a business context on their side. Yeah. I love that distinction. And I'm sure that, you know, the fact that you have expertise that spans kind of so many areas which is not just penetration testing. You've also been involved in security design and architecture. You've built courses. 
And we know that these issues, I mean, the reason why we're talking about this now and why I believe they're important is because cybersecurity and general information security sits as a fundamental layer for stability in our tech ecosystem and then in society because we depend so much on technology and then on a broader level even, it shapes our future. So that starts with how engineers design security measures and and security services and security products and features into everything else that we use. So where have you seen empathy kind of missing from this entire process of, you know, security design and architecture? Yeah, there's a couple of different perspectives that we can look at that from. Maybe just starting with a vendor perspective, right? When you buy a product, like a, a software product, you expect it to be secure or when even even when you ask someone to build a product for you, you kind of expect it to be secure. It's it's safety built in, right? The issue at the moment with security in general is that the security is is attached onto the product afterwards. It's like if you go buy a car and then you buy the car but it doesn't have any seat belts. So you have to go drive it to the seatbelt shop to put seatbelts in. That's weird, right? But that's actually where we started. That's literally how cars were built initially. So that's where we're kind of at with security. And it's a hard problem. That's kind of from the vendor side. When we've done design work for our clients, there's a lot we need to consider. First and foremost, we need to consider what it is they're there to do. It's fun for us to do this whole security thing. It's usually not fun for anyone else. Um, They have to do it in order to continue to do what they do, whether it's, you know, provide financial services or make toasters or whatever it is that they they do, that's what they want to keep doing. So it's kind of important for us to take a step back and say, we're not in here to make you be secure. We're in here to help you continue to do what you love doing. And our way of doing that is with security, because that's that's what we do. That's what we're good at. That's what we love doing. So yeah, it's very important to still keep that in mind when you're doing security is that you, we don't, this isn't the focus. It's the secondary aspect of what they have to do to continue doing their kind of first aspect of what they want to do. Thank you for emphasizing that. It is such an important distinction because I feel that nowadays what we expect companies, even as you know regular users and customers, is that they're also a security company, which does not work. You can't make that your primary kind of business objective or business process. Ideally, in a perfect world, everyone would have enough resources and then, you know, enough uh, staff and so on to handle things much better than uh, they do now. But in the real world where things are super complex and then you have to balance so many priorities and, you know, you as a business owner can empathize with that more than most. Because you know exactly what they're going through, so it's it's much easier to to make sure that you lead with that in mind. And I bet that you know, besides doing the technical aspects of your job, you get to talk to so many people in your penetration testing engagements with clients that you do you know provide other services for, and especially you know when you're building or when you've built courses along the years. And to me, you know, teaching. Helping people to see that integrated some cybersecurity principles in their lives can actually, you know, elevate their understanding of technology and how they manage it and and improve their self-awareness. To me, it has so many benefits, but it's difficult for people to connect with that or to see that. And most don't. So what have you seen from building and delivering courses that 
gets people to pay attention? What gets them to respond and to actually start creating some change in their lives, whatever that may be? Honestly, having fun with the course is the number one driver. So I've made courses for technical people. I've made courses and workshops for everyday staff at organizations. I've taught large companies where whether they're in the room or they've watched the recording afterwards, basically everyone has seen that workshop that I've created. And I always go back to, especially if I'm teaching about security stuff, I put them in the mind of the hacker. I try and put them in those shoes because even in pop culture, right, it's it's kind of like the sexy thing. You know, you've got Mr. Robot and and Swordfish and the movie Hackers. So there's a lot of, there's a lot in pop culture about this like mystical hacker that does these magic tricks and gets into every system. So I like to put people in, in those shoes and just, yeah, have them, even if it's not technical, just have them think like a hacker for a second. Like I've asked groups of people, okay, you've got access to someone's email and your goal is to break into the company. How would you do it? And the answers that I've received from non-technical people have been Honestly, you like better than what I've come up with sometimes, right? I've got my list of, you know, obviously the five, six things that I expect. And every now and then someone just pulls something completely out of left field. And I'm like, that's brilliant. That would absolutely work. So putting them in, in those shoes has been great because not only is it kind of engaging, they need to think about what they would do from the hacker side of, of things, but it also helps defend. So if, if you know if you know your adversary, it helps you defend against them, helps you protect yourself against them. Yeah. Yes. One thing I wanted to add is it's just very important to not jump that line into fear mongering. It's a very fine line between making them scared of hackers and making them understand them. So I'm always very conscious to not make them scared of it, but something something to just be aware of. To me, that's perhaps the most important aspect of, of helping other people, whether it's training them, whether it's having a conversation, whether it's offering support, you know, in something they, they're not able to deal with, simply because I noticed this as well. Well, I think that the first reaction to cybersecurity that I get from people who have no relation to it is that they feel intimidated. They feel they can't do this. So they'd rather, you know, reject and set it aside. Like, this is not for me. This is not something I can do. And obviously, no one wants to do things that makes them feel stupid or inadequate or uncomfortable. So making sure that we kind of put them in control, that they feel there is something they can do about this, that they, they have this, they understand this, that this is something they can deal with. They feel that makes a huge difference. And I've seen it in my parents. I mean, now they like send me WhatsApp messages and things like that and tell me like, is this safe to click? Is this website safe to shop? And I'm like, yes, yes, it worked. I nagged them for a few years, but it works. <laughs> yeah. And it's important to highlight that everyone, everyone can be scammed. I have been scammed, right? It's not this, you're not stupid because you fell for it. Literally anyone can be scammed, tricked into doing something that's not for their benefit, right place, right time, right mindset from the attacker's point of view, and they're going to get you. In the training sessions, I actually get people to volunteer and just say like, hey, you know, raise your hand if you've ever fallen for a phishing email. And it's like half the room, right, that voluntarily put their hand up. But even if it was like 10% of the room, that's still a massive kind of highlight to say that 
this happens to everyone. It's not just you. It happens because it works, right? So don't be ashamed of this stuff. doesn't need to be a technical thing. There are certain security principles, like psychological principles that you can do to address this. You don't need to be like a crazy computer wizard to understand security at its core. Yes, yes, I totally agree. And I think that normalizing that this happens to everyone. And this is one of the reasons that, you know, I love so many people who work in the cybersecurity industry because they're very honest about this. You know, they're not the kind of people who say, well, there are obviously these kind of people as well, but it's not the kind of people that we like to deal with. They don't say I'm an expert. I am, you know, unhackable and everything else. And and along those lines, don't trust those people. You know, if if you're listening to this. If you want to get a free pen test from every malicious hacker in the world, say that you're unhackable, and that will basically put a target on your back. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And plus, I wanted to also highlight that I think you mentioned something that was very important that anyone can contribute to the security mindset or process or to, you know, not not to the industry, but to keeping things safe for others as well. No matter what your level of technical skill is, whether you have it or not, there's always a way to contribute because keeping things safe is not just a matter of just technology. It's not just a matter of mindset. They all have to work together simply because it's at the end of the day, it's humans exploiting humans through technology. So yeah, uh, that's if we understand, you know, get to learn how to see our blind spots, which is what you do best, then we can improve a little bit our, our awareness of them. So as a business owner, you've, you know, you've created Volkis because you wanted to build a culture that represented both you and your founders, uh, co- your co-founders principles, the way that you want to do things and, and do things that you believe in with hopefully people who share the same values. So how do you use, you know, empathy and how you run the company? Because you've grown so fast. Yeah, it's it's been crazy. It's, that's a really good question. Maybe I'll talk a bit about why we kind of started Volcus in the first place or like the first couple of reasons. Matt and I didn't feel that it needed to be the shady industry. Not, not even shady in the bad sense, but just shady as in really closed off, right? Like we're, mm. we're, like we're in the shadows. It didn't really need to be like that. I feel our strength is in the way that we deliver things and in, in the human-to-human interactions. So we were pretty confident in just being transparent about you know, publishing our methodologies and just showing people how we do things in a day-to-day sense. We've had people kind of say, you know, you guys are brave for publishing your handbook. And both Matt and I are like, really? Didn't take guts from our side. It just felt like the right thing to do. So I think that that's a really important thing with empathy is, is first of all, being transparent in what you're doing is, you know, trust is everything for us. So in order to gain trust of, of our clients, of our peers, of, of everyone, we kind of need to show our hand a little bit and say, this is... This is how we do things, and it's again, it's the the interaction is very personal and very human. Kind of saw started seeing a shift in our industry, moving away from that, doing engagements and penetration tests as you know a bit of a commodity, a bit of a checkbox exercise. It's like, okay, cool, go go do these things, go check off all these items, and you're done, right? That's yeah. but 
it's not it's not quite like that. It's also businesses aren't they're not made from nothing. Businesses exist because there are a bunch of actual people working there and the success or the failures of those businesses really depend on the people. So that's the core of it for us is that having that very human interaction, person to person, understanding what their fears and what their needs are and what you know what they need help with and figuring that out is just as important as figuring out like what systems we need to test, right? One of the things that we always go back to is like, you know, why are you doing this? I keep using penetration test just because that's that's what I know. But, you know, we always ask, why are you doing this penetration test? And the first answer we get is, as expected, well, we want to find vulnerabilities, you know, kind of get these looks like, why would you ask me that? Isn't it obvious why we're doing penetration tests? (laughs) And I kind of push further and go, okay, but why do you want to find those vulnerabilities? And maybe it's like, I keep digging a bit deeper and deeper and deeper until I get to the core of why they want to improve their security. And it could be, we want to protect our clients from our client's data from being exposed, or we want to, we want to protect our own intellectual property from, from being exposed, or, you know, we want to continue to make right code, build toasters, whatever it is. Right. So getting to that core, of it is really kind of our strength i think i think we put a lot more effort into that than than others yeah and i bet that it makes a huge difference for customers as well because they probably never sat with this question as much as they thought they did it's often through questions and in conversations that we discover a lot about ourselves at the end of the day you know what we really care about what we really think about things what's truly important to us and having that level of clarity and not being afraid to have these conversations. I think it's so important because well, as you know, better than me, especially in penetration testing, there's this fascination and obvious, you know, excitement around all of the technical things that you can do and all of the ways that you can manipulate technology and then human psychology to expose its, its weak spots but when it comes to dealing with you know business people and people who are outside the uh, cybersecurity industry who don't have a shared language for this i feel that there's a reluctance to have uh, the more difficult conversations there it's thrilling to see that you're taking a different approach that you're building on this and that you're sharing these things transparently with the community which we need so much more of to be able to kind of lift every everyone up yeah, it's it's surprising it hasn't happened yet. Like I understand security is still a baby industry. It's you know, we've only security in computers has literally only been a thing for like thirty years. Right. Yeah. Like but it just didn't <laughs> exist back then. <laughs> yeah, I mean like like we'll catch up eventually, I'm sure. It's like I said, it's still a young industry, but gotta start somewhere and even if people wanna call us out and say, I read your handbook, I don't agree with this that's great, right? We we want that kind of stuff and it's got to start somewhere. Even clients, you know, they can they can kind of look at it and say, hey, I read on your handbook, you're supposed to do this, but you didn't. You didn't do that during your pen test. How come? And I, you know, we better have a good answer for that. <laughs> Either like, yeah, we made a mistake, sorry. Um, <laughs> we'll get on that right away or, oh, well, in this case, it's, it's a bit different, whatever the answer is. But yeah, it's... um gives a bit more power to the clients, I think, which is good in that it moves away from, well, here's your report and the client's going, is this good? Is this bad? 
I don't really know. I'm not an expert. That's why I hired you. So I kind of just have to trust that it's good, right? Versus if we're a bit more transparent and say, well, this is the stuff that we need to do, not from a technical perspective, but kind of what our expectations are from a consulting approach, they can push back and say, hey, this wasn't kind of up to par. Communication wasn't up to par or, you know, the, the way the report was structured wasn't great. It was too technical or whatever it is, right? And we can have those conversations, which is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that it gets them to have skin in the game. And if mm. they want to, you know, you, you can create these things for them. But if they want to actually read them and go through them, that's a great way of educating themselves and they'll be able to apply that knowledge in, in various ways and in many ways that I think that are unexpected because it's not security. It's not just a point thing, a point solution thing. It's much broader than that. And it teaches you to see things that you otherwise probably wouldn't notice. So yeah. thank you for, for these conversations and for these examples and for sharing so openly. It is incredibly refreshing and exciting to, to talk to people like you and to be able to take these conversations outside this echo chamber that we're trying to pierce through all of us to get more people interested in what is a fundamental discipline for how our society evolves without being too pretentious. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm passionate about this stuff, so I'm you know, happy to talk about this stuff all day, really. <laughs> well, I'll make sure to, you know, add your contact details in, in the show notes. So everyone who, will, you know, anyone who wants to get in touch with you or your co-founder or with Balkis in general will have an easy way to reach you. Thank you so much, Alexei. Yeah, this has thanks. been um, a pleasure. <laughs> no, thank you so much for the invite. It was lovely to discover new ways of practicing empathy and cybersecurity with you today. Explore the podcast for more stories about connection, for more inspiring ideas, and for more people who drive online security and privacy forward. It's a great chance to learn from them how to improve your own practice of empathy, both in keeping yourself safe online, but also far beyond that. You can find all of the episodes on andrazaharia.com, plus a bunch of resources that come with each episode and lots more articles and guides that could help you along the way. Lovely seeing you here and be sure to reach out on Twitter or LinkedIn if you have any ideas or want to propose any new guests. See you around.